like you know the girls who have like one pimple they're like stop don't look at me it's like okay <laughs> but no one really gives a shit like no, no one, one really cares I've like never, no one's ever like <laughs> i've never looked at a hot girl and she had like one pimple and i was like you know what <sighs> screw this girl she's not hot anymore like you know what i'm saying like you never yeah. do that <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're started now, <laughs> just right, to let cool, you know. Cool. <laughs> so don't say anything stupid. Um, <laughs> while I'm sending you this photo, Caleb, do you want me? Do you want to introduce yourself really quick? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Caleb Lovejoy. Uh, I first met Sarbi or Ben uh, last summer, I believe, in Houston, Texas. So um, met him through a mutual friend, Evan. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Wazork. I probably should have. I was slaughtered. It doesn't. It you. doesn't. You don't sa say it the same way that it looks. <laughs> was Doric. yeah uh, but we met through evan um was interning at nasa and you know uh me and ben kind of like uh the creative minds kind of clicked when we first met each other we we're talking about tiktok and stuff and then ever since then it's been like yo ben ben's the homie oh i just realized you can't see me huh i can't see you now oh sorry that's because my recording software is using my my webcam damn that's oh. sad that's big this looks sad. fancy yeah, yeah. Did you see what I just sent you? Yeah, this is nice. I yeah, like I'll show that. you how to set it. <laughs> the software is called OBS, and it's completely free, and it's super helpful if you are willing to put in, like, <clears throat> an hour or two to figure out how to work and how to get it to work for you. Because it's different for every computer, and it's a little mm -hmm. buggy sometimes, but once you get it down, bro, it's so helpful. Are you running it on a Mac? No, I'm running it on a PC, but you can get it for a Mac. Oh, you're fancy. Mm, Got the PC. Fancy, Got the testing, testing microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man. So uh, appreciate you coming on. Yeah. So we know each other. Honestly, it's kind of wild how close I got with like you and the other the other NASA boys. Um, just by coming down for like a couple of days, like you guys literally just took me in and I was like, oh, these, these dudes are dope. They work for NASA. They're smart as hell, but they also know how to have fun. It, I was really surprised. Honestly, I thought I was going to meet a bunch of Evan's friends and I thought you guys were going to be nerds. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. Like, that's the first thing you think of, right? When you hear like engineering, you think of like, like someone who, I don't want to slam engineers, but when you think of like NASA, you think of like interns, you think of like really nerdy, like. They like to read books in their fair time, their free time, which I do, but uh, definitely not a good time. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like you guys still go out and you guys still know how to have fun. Like uh, when I was out, it, it was it was so much fun. It was so much fun in Houston and like even just communicating with you guys being in group chats that we have now going on. It's like, it, you know, <laughs> there's definitely no like social, uh, you know, was not dis social disconnections between us like. It, it's so easy to talk to you guys so smooth and i think that's actually something very valuable to have in the engineering field especially because it's like a leg up against those those guys that can't communicate very well with their peers so are you are you planning on uh going back to nasa or so actually i just finished up my third tour uh i'm a business major but um I'm, i got an email like earlier this week so i should get an answer if i got a job offer within the next two weeks so we shall see. We shall Hell see. Yeah. Is that like if you get the job offer, is that what you're going for? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, <'cause> the, <laughs> I talked to Evan about this because like it's a government job. So the pay isn't amazing. It's something you really have to be passionate about. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm trying to figure out. Um, to be completely honest with you, dude, I don't know. Um, if I get the offer, I'm going to accept it as default. 
but I really am interested in business. I think that I'm more passionate about that. Without a doubt, starting at NASA is definitely a power move. Um, and it's kind of hard to just decide which path you want to take. So um, I don't know, man. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about that because, I mean, you – when we met, you had a couple things going on. Like, weren't you doing some drop shipping or you knew somebody who was doing some drop shipping and now you're starting a podcast. If you want to give a little plug for that for anybody listening who really likes you, like <laughs> – tell <laughs> yeah, me about uh, it. So a little bit of background on myself was how I got to NASA. Um, me and some of my friends here at Mississippi State, um, there's a thing called the Entrepreneurship Center. And we originally had, um, I helped co-found this coffee business called Jitterbeans. And actually the beans are now sold in our student union. But um, we, me and my friends got to e-commerce and what have you and branding and Facebook ads, things like that. And I found it really interesting. Um, I thought it was really cool. And I started seeing like other people on the internet, like literally like 12 year olds making hundreds of thousands. Now, if that's real or not, I don't know. But seeing these people make money who are much younger than myself, I'm like, yo, like this is the way, like I don't want a job. <laughs> um, and then, so I actually ended up at NASA. Um, when I first got there, my initial thought was, you know, it's gonna be, um, my uncle had sent me the application and I was like, oh, this thing's open for 24 hours or 34 or whatever it was. And I was talking to my friends. I was like, yo, how funny would it be if I got a job at NASA? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, bro. Like, not like how cool. It's like, bro, how funny it would it be if I was a space person? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing for me as a business major. I, when you think NASA, you think like guys with glasses and wearing lab coats, right? So I don't know what the heck like I would be doing. Um, but that's kind of answer. That's kind of long winded. But to plug the, the podcast, it's a next gen podcast. So it's kind of where I sit down um, with people in their respective fields who are kind of killing the game. And the main purpose of it is to kind of provide value to um, younger viewers who are kind of new to whatever game they're going into. So I have some professional athletes, some producers, artists, uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, things of that nature. And I think it's really good to kind of hear other people's stories because everyone has a story, right? And I can drill it in someone's head and say, hey, wake up, patience, empathy. But until you hear someone's story and saying like, hey, here's how this helped me, maybe it can help you too, right? And kind of provide that value. And some of it also is selfish too, because I, I enjoy talking with people. Yeah, me too. Another reason I love this is it's a great way to connect with people really well. Um, I have a pretty, I, I've been sending a lot of DMs. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. But um, I got a lot of people that I think will come on um, that I got to connect with just by being like, hey man, you want to sit on a podcast and talk for like an hour and a half? And they were like, hell yeah, man. So, yeah, no, uh, podcast is really fun. I'm glad I, I decided to pick it up, and I'm glad we're kind of doing it at the same time. Like, I'm excited same, to see. Same, I'm going to keep you accountable. You got to keep me accountable. Yeah. 100%. No, dude, but uh, I I love the idea of that podcast because, well, first off, I just think podcasts in general, because yeah. I used to be that kid that when I first heard about them, I was like. Cliche, right? You're like, podcast. Well, I at first was like, what? who the hell wants to just sit there and listen to two people talk? You know, yeah. and then yeah. I, and then I found the ones that I liked and I was like, OK, this is dope. Like, this is cool. People are are giving, you know, if you get the right ones, they're either very entertaining, like Joe Rogan's podcast. I love that. Like, literally, I, I, I figured out I don't even need to know who the other person is. I, they just sit there and they talk and they're funny and it's entertaining and I can listen to it on a long car drive and make it feel like 20 minutes when it's three hours, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then, you know, I'll also at the gym, I like to listen like business podcasts. I'll listen like the Wolf of Wall Street, bring on some like dude who's super big on marketing or Ty Lopez or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, these guys are dropping just Gems. bombs of knowledge that if you take the time out of your day, just to listen to. So I love that, man. And, and, and you've had like a couple NFL players and, you know, talk a little bit, try to try to bait some people in your podcast. I want, right. to give you, I want to give you some yeah. free marketing ability. You know, um, not that a ton of people listen to this, but hey, if you are listening to this, this is my homie. Um, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, and the main thing with with the NFL players, it wasn't so as as far as like targeting people with a lot of prestige and saying, "Hey, can I get them?" It's kind of like looking at their stores and seeing, uh, kind of selfish as, as looking at it as like how they kind of overcame what they had to overcome. And so the recent one I just had was Justin Forsett, and for those of you who don't know, Justin Forsett was five eight and played um, as an NFL running back for nine years, wow. which is crazy because um, someone that size playing with people who are 300 plus pounds who can run a 40 meter dash in less than five seconds, like that's kind of hard. That's incredible actually. Yeah, I mean, dude. From another short the, king, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, from another short dude, I'm like, I, I wouldn't dare even. And this guy um, was a Pro Bowl selection, which is Pro Bowl is kind of like um, the top three at your position in the league at that year playing kind of like an all-star game he was a selection for that he um he was kind of like a, a a backup right so he was a backup for marshawn lynch in college and for the seahawks and then he played with arian foster who was a notable houston texans uh running back for a few years and so he finally got his opportunity to play and he kind of talks about his business and what have you um but yeah that's a little bit about that and i and to go back on what you said about um podcasts I think it's really important because um, originally I'm from Kansas, right? And so if you go back 30, 40 years ago, someone from Kansas having the opportunity to contact someone um, in these positions directly within seconds, like that's crazy. Like that's crazy as hell to me. Like I can just hit up a CEO and say, hey, you want to be on my podcast? Like 30 years ago, you know, there's the the people on the phones are like, yeah, he'll get back to you or someone from Kansas. Like you can't, you know, um, there's, there's just a lot of opportunity in having these conversations, man. So I just thought it would be dope to kind of provide value to others and, and kind of, uh, see, peep some stories, you know? Yeah, dude. I see you rocking that KC hat right now. If you're, if you're listening. Yeah, to- I had a plug. I had a plug <laughs> my home state. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to audio, he's just rocking all that KC, but, uh, no. And, and I want to a- ask because, um, I'm just very big on this. So many people, I think, uh, put up barriers that aren't there for themselves. Like, 100%. like. Oh, I want to start a podcast, but like, how am I going to get people on my podcast? It's like, dude, everybody has Instagram nowadays. How did you get, how did you get Jake on your podcast? Did you DM him or did you know him a little bit beforehand? Justin, Justin Forsyth. Justin, Um, sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. You're good. Um, I didn't know him. So actually I want to give a shout out to my friends, Sam and Brandon. Um, Sam, um, I talked about him when I first met you. I was like, yo, this guy's killing out on TikTok. But long story short, he always gets on me about kind of producing content because um, the world we're headed, if you don't have social media, you're kind of non-existent. Mm-hmm. But that's enough on that, right? But long story short, um, just by by practicing, man, uh, I'm not going to lie. Like before doing it, um, I thought podcasts were cliche and like corny. Like I was like, I'm not going to hop on and buy this equipment and talk to people. But when <laughs> I really when I really thought about it, I'm like, yo, like you can really connect with some people who you wouldn't have the opportunity to brush shoulders with 20, 30 years ago. And so I just started hitting people up in the DMs, sending them quick little videos. Um, yes. I, I found more that. success with sending videos. A lot of times these people have hundreds, if not thousands of DMs coming in. And the last thing they want to do is read something, you know. 
some long script and then kind of trying to provide them value first uh, when hitting them up and saying like, hey, here's an outlet to, you know, promote your your business. And then let's talk about your story. Um, a lot of times when people do have these people contacting them, it's them trying to get value from them opposed to providing value first. So sending them a quick, you know, five, 10 second video um, saying what you do, getting straight to the point and kind of trying to provide them values, how you do it or how I have done it. It may work different from other people. You may have something else, but kind of just do what works, works for you. And yeah. Nah, man. Um, this is something I'm really big about is like how you send the message is very, is as important as actually sending the message. Because like you said, it, you know, humans by nature just want they're like, what's in it for me, right? So mm -hmm. if, if you're reaching out to someone, you're like, hey, my name is Ben. Like, I have this podcast. You should come on. They're going to be like, what is that going to do for me? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, they're not just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a good person and give this person who gets, you know, five listeners the, my time of day, like an hour just to, to talk to them or whatever. So you really mm -hmm. do have to be like, hey, man, you know, I'll give you some rights to the videos. I can cut up a couple, like, really good sections, send them to you for Instagram posts. Like, there's a lot of ways that you can provide someone value, and they just need to know that you're providing them value too. So did you DM yeah. Justin then? One yeah, so videos? I DM Justin um, some of those videos. Really, what I said was, um, I was I said, you know, hey, I wanted to know if you want to come on the Next Gen Podcast, where I sit down with yada yada yada, um, and I kind of told him I think it's important um, that other people see people who look like us, and when I say us, I say color people, and power, and like see them doing things. Um, I think it's important, you know, um, especially for me growing up in Kansas, I didn't necessarily see a lot of people who look like me as doctors, lawyers, so. I think it's important for my audience to see, you know, people or whoever, you know, uh, whether it be a female, you know, if she sees a, a woman, you know, in power doing something and say, hey, you know, maybe I can do that. Um, but that's like really hippy dippy, man. I don't want to, you know, get too. No, I mean, that's like I, that's that's important, especially now. Right now, with what's going on like that's super important. A lot of kids growing up with social media need to know, like, like this is this is possible. And how do you know that something's possible? Like, go and find other people that are doing it right so if you're telling Facts. yeah like if you're if you're showing them like hey here's a person of color that's absolutely killing it in what you want to do that's going to make some kid who wants to go do that but maybe feeling like oh i don't know like that's not what 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 the path is supposed to be for me they're going to mm -hmm. feel a lot more empowered to actually do the thing 100 percent. and going back on um providing people value i'm going to tell uh you right now i probably have a like one for 150 like response rate of hitting people up in the DMs. I think in the future it'll probably improve, but um, I see my friend Sam, literally people will respond back to you and say like, hey, um, your podcast really is going to provide me value. Um, I'm trying to do things that only kind of like, you know, provide me value right now, but I'll be looking forward to seeing you in the future. Or you'll get a yes, but it will be like, yeah, hit me up in a few months or so. Which yeah. Is you know, half, it's one half, of those half, like, half it's, it's, one, it's more of a no than it is a yes if they're like, oh, hit me up in a couple months. Yeah, so you have to like really be comfortable with uh, facing rejection because a lot of people aren't even going to respond. Yeah. And if they do, um, I mean, just take it for what it's worth. And all it takes is that one person, right? So all it took was the Justin Forsett. I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. Um, I also had another person. My first ever actually guest was a producer. His name is Jay Swiffa. Um, he produced a song that was the Cleveland Cavaliers 2016 when they came back from a 3-1 to deficit to beat the Warriors. It was their um, championship series hype song, Damn. and so I'm I'm chopping up the the conversation right now with that, 
Um, I'm gonna probably try to have that out by Monday. But yeah, he's a really cool dude. And like I said, man, just connecting with people and hearing their stories and just talking to them, like there's some funny ass people out there. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Nice yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And like that's the nice thing too. And everybody has something to <laughs> offer, is what I've learned. Um, mm. you know, like somebody right now listening to this might be like, yo, talk more about how you got this job with NASA. Like, Ugh. you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> like um there's there's always something that you can kind of learn from anybody especially dudes who are doing doing big things i i like what you said about the rejection piece like yeah if you're gonna send if you're gonna try to get people on something that's like not you know super popping yet yeah you're gonna get a lot of rejection but rejection you know you you have to get through 20 no's till you get to a yes but that yes is all that matters and that makes the 20 no's feel a lot better and like you said, it's very, uh, I, you know, do you know Teriyaki Poppy, TP Baby 2000 on TikTok? He's the, uh, he's the guy that never, I can't, have you been like watching TikToks lately? Dude, I've been off my TikTok game. My hope is, actually not my hope, my goal is by next week when I have like my, my website and stuff, everything finished, I can start creating more content on that. But wh what were you saying with that though? Like, um, so you got to check out this dude's stuff. He is so fun. He's like kind of like where the hype is right now when it comes uh -huh. to TikTok. Um, it's TP baby 2000 and he is like just, just really it, his jokes. It's more than just his jokes are funny. It's like the way that he presents them and does them and his whole mannerisms, like everything is perfect. And it just builds up to like one really funny joke. I'll have to send you. So actually here, let me just send you, um, actually, uh, let me send you one that I sent to Evan, uh, because it has to do with space. It was like about Uranus or something like that. <laughs> um, let me send it to you and I'll put it on the podcast too. Um, yeah, I just followed him. Have yeah. you been trying to, uh, to, to do something with him? Yeah. So he, well, okay. So little, little thing that I've been up to is I, uh, sorry, I'm trying to, I can't do like two things at once. <laughs> My brain just goes into, you're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. I just sent it to you. Uh, we'll check it out here in a second. But, um, so this guy lately I've been doing, uh, I have three theme accounts. I'm like, I'm kind of doing this whole like social media push thing. I'll tell you about it actually on this podcast. And for anybody listening, it's super valuable. So stay till the end. Um, so I have these three theme accounts I've been posting to that are hitting Instagram's algorithm. Hella. I'm talking hundreds of thousands of views on uh, an account with 40K, an account with 8.6K, and a, an account with 4.2K. So these are getting the videos reels, Instagram reels right now. If, if you're not taking advantage of Instagram reels, you are losing. Like, I'm going to tell you that right now, even on my personal account, I want you to go to my personal account. I've gained like 300 followers in the past, like two weeks, just from posting Instagram reels on my personal. Yeah, dude, go check it out. You should be posting on there, man. It's, it's insane. But, um, I've been posting these things and for a long time I've been posting cause I found teriyaki poppy before he like started really popping off. And he yeah. had like maybe like 2K followers on Instagram. So I started posting his stuff on my theme accounts that were getting pretty good reach. And so he DM'd me once and he was like, hey man, like I really appreciate you posting these. And so I was like, yeah, man, of course, like love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. He's at like 100,000 followers on Instagram now, um, kept posting his stuff. So I kind of just full sent it. I was like, hey man, I have this podcast. Here's like one, you know, you know, here's what I want to do with it. Would love to have you on. I'm like, honestly, there's not a lot of listeners. I can't like offer you a ton, but I can give you video rights and all that stuff. And he was thinking about it for a while. He's like, send me a podcast, like whatever. And I kind of, uh, I sent him like my best one obviously. And I, I told him about, um, 
uh, or I told him to, I was like, Hey, if you like need more value, I'll, I'll buy you lunch or something like that. You know, just to get a dope <laughs> guy like that. And eventually he was like, honestly, man, like, I don't think this is a good business decision for me. And I was like, Hey, I totally get it. Look forward to hopefully getting you on the podcast later on. So it's like, you know, True. you still build that, that connection or that relationship, but here really quick, watch this podcast on your phone or not podcast, this TikTok. Um, I don't know, maybe because I feel like it could miss with some people, but right now everybody on TikTok is like, this is the funniest man on TikTok. He carries it on his back. That's a that's a bold statement for those of you who are in the TikTok game. There's a lot of funny people out there. Oh, yeah. You, you sent it on TikTok? Yeah. All right. Oh, wait, no. I sent it on uh, text message, I think. Sorry. I can't send stuff on TikTok because my account can't be verified because I can't use my personal phone number. Because my other accounts got banned on that phone number. <laughs> well, every time I see it, I'm like, yo, who is this Ben S? Like Ben Sarbacker, Sarvi? <laughs> it's like a new <laughs> alias for TikTok. Bro, I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, I haven't gotten a TikTok taken down on my new account, but it's going to happen. And I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> Hurts. They said I couldn't do it. They said it was impossible. I am the first man to reach... Who's I'm dead at the fact that they actually have a mish control like on, yeah. in the background. I sent that to Evan so fast. I was laughing so hard and I was just like, Evan, this is this is gonna be you. Okay. <laughs> but Evan's actually might be a miscontrol. That's actually kind of funny. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, going back to that, honestly, I think it would be a smart decision if I was a t if I was like big in TikTok like that, which I'm not. Um I think it would be smart to kind of like I'm pushing content like a hundred percent. Like I'm pushing all content, giving away free clothing, stuff like that, branding myself. Yeah, that would be a smart decision on his part to do a podcast because it's like, I don't know. I, I just think I'd be. <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm still like, I'm still talking with him because I was telling him, you know, we stopped that conversation. I was kind of like, hey man, why aren't you posting on Reels? I was like. I've been posting your stuff on my reels and they're getting hella engagement and just like, you know, trying to provide him value. Obviously he's a busy dude and he doesn't, mm -hmm. I don't, I, I haven't like earned his time. You know what I'm saying? So like, we're still mm -hmm. whatever, but yeah, you're right. I think, uh, I think there's a lot, I think a lot of TikTokers, um, they just don't understand the monetization, monetization, the monet, not like the, the capabilities for monetization. That's like, I was going to yeah. try to say it. Yeah, no. Uh, now I sound stupid. But <laughs> the capabilities no, of monetization for um, their brand. Because, like, in his case, I mean, he literally went probably from 2K to, like, a hundred over 100K on Instagram in, Jesus, like, maybe two months, probably less. Mm -hmm. Imagine if he had put that towards YouTube and was consistently putting out podcasts, content, stuff like that and youtube is monetize monet, you can get monetization on there is monetizable like a word i keep saying i, I don't know honestly I, I would use it until someone's like hey that's not a word whatever screw it <laughs> monetizable it. youtube is monetizable and if you like i get it like a lot of these guys are coming out with merch and it's like yeah that's a great way to monetize but it's also like 
it, it, unless you're building a clothing company, it's not really long lasting. You know what I'm saying? Like as soon as kind of the hype versus if you really get like everybody to subscribe to your channel and you're constantly putting out content that they like, like you can build more around you than you can around the merch, in my opinion. 100%. I think with merch too, I think it's not a good idea to sell it. I think honestly, if you would do giveaways and engage with your audience and say, hey, here's some free merch or just give it away, like that, because someone's wearing your brand, right? Like if I'm wearing Nikes, like Nike doesn't have to, you know, say, hey, wear this. Like Nike just knows I'm going to go get that, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't get anything free from Nike, but Nike, if you guys want to, you know, in the future, do a deal. I'm open. Send it. Um, Send the But check. no, dude, like if you just give your merch away for free, like people will wear it. And I don't know. I just think there's a lot, like, I think a lot of these TikTokers are cold in the game. Like they're just like their marketing is cold, like but their their brand recognition on some of them, I think they could move a lot more effectively. And that's it. We're gonna start a we're gonna start a TikTok agency. Well for, it's, we're gonna be we're it, gonna be TikTok agents. We're gonna sign the deals, oh yeah. we're gonna teach them I think how a lot of them can move a lot. Cause even then, like watching how like artists move, right? A lot of these artists know they're not gonna make a lot of money off of their album sales or the royalties. What they do, like they're gonna make money off of touring or like going and signing a deal with Puma or going to speak at this conference, right? So yeah. they know like pushing their content in multiple channels is ah. yeah, I don't wanna rant though. I don't wanna I've, rant though. I've always said, like, I think rappers <laughs> should cause think about it, dude. Who's your favorite rapper? Right now. Or Man. somebody right now who like like you're just listening to a lot. It doesn't have to be Drake. 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 Dude, imagine Drake. if Drake had a vlog. <sighs> Like somebody was just, dude, the guy has the money. Why isn't he paying somebody to follow him around with a camera? True. I mean, in a sense, he probably, eh, maybe, I don't know. That's a, that's a, like doing like the Gary Vaynerchuk thing. Like yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk is documenting him building something. And yeah. people take that advice way more than saying, hey, go do this, right? Well, and that goes back to the sharing your experiences. That's like, I mean, think about it. Not only will diehard fans of Drake be you know and, and even like i think this would work for somebody smaller like for one chance like some rappers listen to this who kind of has like a good thing going i guarantee if you were just to whip out a camera and have like following you around, like arizona service i think if if pe somebody was following him around with a camera there would be hella people listening to like watching that listening to that um mm -hmm. you know even producers too like producers have other producers who want to know hey what is this guy doing that i'm not doing kind of thing where's 100 yeah, I, I think I think they're missing out on monetization there um, because, you know, YouTube ads, even just having a following on YouTube. I think YouTube is going to be huge in uh, YouTube is going to kill like cable television. 100 mm -hmm. percent. I think honestly, I don't know if I have enough information on this to have an opinion, but I think uh, as people as we progress in the digital age, I think people will more and more will start going like independent and stop using these platforms unless they cut them like an actual deal. I keep seeing things like pop up with YouTube as far as like people getting mad, like they're not getting the right cut, which always happens in yeah. almost everything. It's 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 capitalism to a T, right? <laughs> but um, I think honestly, like the people who come out and individually like start cutting deals with people, I think will be like the new age. But to agree, like to concur what you said, like for a fact, like TV is outdated. No one watches commercials. When you hear a commercial that's on Spotify or, you know, or or your your favorite podcast or your favorite Apple Music, you know, you don't see actual channels anymore. Mm -hmm. Being able to skip ads and it, like really, it, it comes down to being able to choose which ads that you see and which ones you don't. Facts. 
Have you ever seen the Dr. Squatch ads? Dr. Squatch? The soap ones? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You haven't seen... The- Hold on. Let me see because I always want... The beef jerky ones? No. No, no, no. It's a soap. Um, Let me see if I can screen share real quick. Share screen. Attention is money, bro. In this area. In this era. Cool. Can you see yourself? Oh, I can see myself now. All right. Hold on. Let me go to my screen cap really quick. So... Let me go. Oh, that's not where I want to show. <laughs> uh, Anchor? Okay. Shout out Anchor. Yeah, shout out Anchor. It's the best way to do a podcast. Um, Dr. Squatch. Actually, I'm not even sure how much of this I can show technically. Um, is it this one? Yeah. So this this is what's an ad running. I, I still to this day, if I get this ad or if I get an ad from this company, I'll watch it completely. So um, hopefully you can hear this. But Listen up. The soap you shower with? You probably haven't even questioned what bar soap you lather up with. Let's face it, most guys don't. They're still using whatever bar their mommy bought for her little man. Is that what you want? To smell like mama's little man? But now you can upgrade your shower game with Dr. Squatch Natural Soap. So I don't want to play too much of this because I don't know if I could get copywritten for this, but... uh, So it's like their brand is like the bar stool, but for soap? Yeah. Like that, that, um... Oh shoot! That right. different type of humor. I don't know how to describe that humor. It's like uh, that's not dark humor, is it? What is that? Uh, it's like that, like that quirky. You know what it is? I think it's just like, it, it's smart. It, it it's smart. Like, <laughs> it's engaging humor. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's not cringy. Like some ads are just super cringy when they're trying to use humor. Um, but it's, it's almost direct. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like a stand-up mm. comedy kind of thing, you know? Like, have you ever seen a stand-up comic and you're like, wow, this dude's really cringy. But then you see another one that just absolutely kills it. It's like the difference between that, like a bad stand-up comedian, and a good one. Okay. So, with this, bro, I've been seeing uh, – we're going to backtrack a little bit. So, you started – you graduated this past winter, right? Yeah. And are you – you're doing business now or – so I was doing my marketing agency, long story short, not doing it with the guys that I'm with anymore, but I'm doing like my own agency and my photography okay. stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Have you ever thought about comedy? So funny story. My first semester senior year, I actually was part of a, I was in the honors college, didn't graduate with honors, literally just didn't do the last thing that you have to do to like graduate, which is this like <laughs> stupid project. I, I just didn't want to do it. I was like, eh, I'm not trying to get jobs based off my resume. So like, why go the extra mile to get a little honors logo thing and a medal? Anyways, I, I did this class through the honors program that was, it was um, called comedy college. And it was literally a class where you sat there and you like learned how to be funny, like they're, they like taught like, oh, this is why this joke is funny, like really breaking it down. It was actually a really cool class. But in order to pass, the only thing you needed is at the end of the year, you did a they had like in our memorial union at Iowa State, um, they had like a comedy show that anybody could go to free. And we just had to get a laugh out of the audience. Like that was it. Like one okay. you could bring a friend and they could pity laugh and you would have passed. So you just had to do like a five to ten minute stand-up comedy bit so i have actually a video i've shown very few people this video not because it's bad but because i'm just like really self-conscious about my my i don't know what it is like it was actually really good like i got a ton of people to laugh and it was really i'll show it to you actually when i come out to houston in october um super funny it like 
obviously there's a lot to work on. Um, but yeah, I've done stand up comedy and I thought ever since then I was like, it would be pretty cool to do stand up comedy again. You should try it, bro. Uh, so, uh, are you one of those people that like hates, hates hearing yourself like talk? No, obviously not. Uh, I have a podcast. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> I, I don't I know if you do, bro. I hate hearing myself talk. Like going through and editing my podcast or anything like with my voice in it, I'm like, ah, why'd I say that? Well, here's I like popping things up. I hate it. Here's the thing: is y you hear your voice different than other people mm -hmm. hear your voice, so you hate it naturally because it doesn't sound like what it sounds like to you. True. So if you there's some weird thing you can't see me right now, but if you take put up your hands. And then put them, like, turn them, uh, backs of your hands facing me. <laughs> yeah. And then close your fingers and put it, like, right in front of your ears. Put your hands, like, right in front of, like, against your face. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is so hard. You know what? Because you can't see me. Uh, no, no. Put your hands out like they were before with your, the backs of your hands facing me. And then put Thank the you. sides, oh, no, no, sides on, on, like, your cheekbones. Sides okay. of your hands on your cheek. Oh, no, no. Sides of your hands. On your oh, cheeks, yep, and then scoot it back all the way to like your headphones. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All so right, right there, if you talk, um, and you like push, that's what you actually sound like. Because what hello, happens hello, is hello. when you when you move your hands, um, it gives like almost like a reverb that you're hearing, like within like in your bone, like because you you hear through like bone conduction too. I don't know. I'm probably explaining this super wrong, but someone said like if you put your hands up like this, this is what you actually sound like to other people. Hello, 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 hello. I can't hear it. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just weird, like hearing myself. I'm like, oh, like, I just don't like. I don't like hearing myself talk. Really? I like. I'd like to talk a lot though. I've, so it's kind of weird. I mean, I've been doing this for so long. Like, I had a YouTube channel where. I mean, I. I kind of hate going back and like listening to how I spoke in those YouTube videos because I sound like a. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's your boy Sarby here, bringing you guys another video today. <laughs> and like, not that that's a bad thing, because like that's how you actually keep people's attention, like on YouTube if you're talking. But it just mm. felt so like pushed and so faked, which was what was kind of popping. But like now I look at it and I'm like, but it's not you, right? Yeah, it's not me. No, it's not me at all. It's honestly. like doing what with, and that's one thing I kind of thought about too. Was like, how do I want to? be perceived by the people and how do I, I was just like, bro, at the end of the day, I, I don't want to get like too hippie and dippy. I just like, honestly, just do it and then see how you sound. And yep. if you like it, you like it. If not, people are going to like it. But if they don't, like, I mean, well, probably not your audience. Most of the time people aren't going to care. Like nobody's going to like the way I look at it is like acne. Like everybody, I mean, I had this problem too. Everyone like freaked out like, oh, I have acne and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, the girls who have like one pimple, they're like, stop, don't look at me. It's like, okay <laughs> but no one really gives a shit like no, no one, one really cares I've like never, no one's ever like <laughs> i've never looked at a hot girl and she had like one pimple and i was like you know what <sighs> screw this girl she's not hot anymore like you know what i'm saying like you never yeah. do that like, you like never... the, the, the nails don't don't match the the toenails and it's like bro i've never like looked at a female and been like you know what i'm not really like the blueberry and uh the, the red toenails just a mask like it's not for Listen, me like that just doesn't me. happen can't do it <laughs> not gonna do it dude and if you if somebody is like that they're not – why care about somebody as, as like, as much of a dick like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, why care about mm -hmm. them? So, um, yeah, I think it's the same with your voice. Like, nobody's really going to care. And even if they do, cool. They can just not listen to your podcast. That's facts. Easy. Simple. Like, 
I don't know. I kind of. I, I think personally, I have an annoying laugh. Like I don't know why. It's like too high pitched. I gotta work on it. <laughs> but <Bro>. uh, <laughs> I never even noticed it. Exactly. Like exactly. Like most people. A lot of people say that my laugh is like funny or like cute, and I'm like, what? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. So I'm like a dying squirrel. <laughs> I never really like paid attention to it. I exactly. Guess, I don't know. Like I mean, it's just one of those things like you think like people were like eyeballing or like they're like you you hyper analyze it where you think like everyone's like paid attention like in reality like no one gives a shit mm -hmm. the 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 number one thing this is like an anxiety thing but i found out that it applies like everything is like whenever you're getting anxious about like oh somebody doesn't like me or oh somebody like, doesn't like this about me it's like well who told you like who told you that most of the time it's like well i'm just telling myself that it's all and in your head it's all in my head it's all in my head you know and so um a lot of it's just getting over that part which is like you're your own worst critic facts my my cousin always told me you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are exactly yep. so you're just kind of there you're that helped a lot because i just was like you know what a lot of things are just i just send it that's the way to do it at this point man like i love what evan is doing right now Shout out my boy, Evan. I'm pretty sure pretty much shout him out in like every podcast at this point. For sure. Shout out Evan. <laughs> shout out Evan. Uh, he's got small shoulders still, but hey, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for those of y'all who don't know, um, Evan was our mutual friend we met through. Evan is a um, what is com computer scientist? Uh, uh, aerospace engineer. Aerospace engineer yeah. at NASA. I should know this, man. Like We talk about this all the <laughs> time, are. but I always... Like whenever I talk with him, he's doing like coding. So I think like software engineer. Yeah. But anyways, he's an aerospace engineer. Uh, work with him at NASA, and this dude's like six five and like two twenty five, like solid, oh, don't solid blow, muscular don't dude. Blow his and, up like that. and and he's uh he's getting into like posting his content on social media and like really kind of like jumping out there. I know uh, it doesn't sound like too much, but when you start posting the content you think you want to start pushing. It can be like a really daunting task. And I've actually noticed this with a lot of people our age. It's because like we have like those known unknown rules of social media where it's like don't post too often, post this, post that. Yeah. And and when you start posting, just doing your own thing, like it, it just feels so much better because then you go going back to the like no one really gives a shit. Like no one really cares, bro. Like no one cares if you post a Snapchat of your Mercedes Benz. Like no one cares. Like people might talk about it for like 20, 30 seconds and then. Go about their and day. it's out of their mind they care more about like what they're doing and 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 that's the one thing too it, it's more daunting like so kind of give context so evan was a college frat star um and you know his typical stuff was just like stuff you would do you know hanging out with photos with friends before you go out with the night or like you know whatever you're doing um for him it was like flying and working for nasa you know typical like when you go to a college and you follow someone from a college what you're signing up for when you like follow them is like kind of like updates on their life or like photos of them and their friends before they're gonna go out or something like that now evan is starting to post a lot of fitness content which is not what those people signed up for so it's kind of like they they don't react to it like insanely well um and that's why i've been telling evan i'm like you need to start building your following if you want to do fitness stuff you need to start getting people who are interested in fitness over to your page mm. so and that's one thing i've been trying to do too with my because like with my tiktoks like some people it, it's a little bit easier for me i think because like people love tiktok 
and I'm decently funny. People like seeing funny stuff, but still there's definitely a disconnect where people are like, this is what I signed up for. So right now I'm just like really big on trying to get people to my account following me who are there for my TikToks. Facts, facts, facts. And that's actually, you were that really well. Yeah, that, that's the context of it, right? Like people, when you follow them, when you're growing up with these social medias, it's really, it's easy to be, to intertwine like the, the numbers with who you, how you value yourself. That's what a lot of people do, especially people our age and younger people. So it's like really interesting to see someone just say like, you know, I'm just gonna do me and post the content. And if people are like feeling it, people are feeling it, that's good. If not, like it is what it is. And that's why I like, I'm happy for having doing this thing. It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love it that Evan's doing it. Evan's so like, he'll text me all the time, show me his analytics, I'll give him tips or whatever. It's super funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. And and I think too, kind of a, a helpful thing for you and anybody who's gotten this far in the podcast, which usually isn't too many people, but um, so the one thing that I've been experimenting with, and this is kind of something that's been really blowing up my Instagram, is using having two accounts and using one as like a feeder to another. So if you go, I don't know if I follow you on it. If you go to my buy Sarby account, have you seen that account at all? I may have. B-Y-S-A-R-B-Y. You know, I'll tell you, well, we can like pull it up because it's probably like easier to talk about it. But um, so I've always had this account. This account I actually used kind of my method to grow my YouTube channel when I was in high school. For anybody who has a YouTube channel, this worked really well. I would follow a ton of people, and then anybody who followed me back, I'd DM them and ask them, like, hey, like, you know, I'm a small YouTuber. I'm trying to, like, get better. Can you check out my YouTube channel? I had good enough videos where usually people were pleasantly surprised, and they ended up subscribing. So... <laughs> Yeah, little like hustle, side hustle thing. So I realized, I was like, why am I not doing that same thing for like my Instagram? Um, and so I started, before Reels came out, really, um, I was posting the, uh, I was like just posting funny TikToks. So I would attract people who liked funny TikToks. Um, and then I would DM people who followed me or who I, I, at first I was like mass following. And so I would DM those people who followed me to go check out my personal account, right? Well, now that by Sarbi account is in the algorithm, like on that account, actually, let me go look at the analytics so I can give you exact numbers, but it's getting probably like a hundred or 200 followers every single day, just from me taking the time out of my day to post like two or three, um, funny TikToks on it. Ooh. Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me check in the last seven question. Years. Did you know, um, Aditya, I, I was, he's from Iowa state, right? Oh, uh, Diddy. You mean? Yeah. 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 yeah I know. Did Diddy. Or were you, were you all in the same frat? Yeah, so Diddy was in Teak before I was. He's, he was technically in my pledge class um, because he was roommates with Evan, and then Evan Evan joined Teak. He got Diddy to join Teak the next year, and then Diddy ended up having a little bit of grade stuff going on, so he had to leave Teak. Um, but yeah, no, I know. I love that kid. Oh, okay. That, were you guys down at the at the same time or? No, Diddy came out like a couple weeks before I did. Shit. Okay. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, but what? So I was trying to piece it together in my head. Like I don't remember some of those. <laughs> <laughs> Not I mean, even like I'm a crazy like party animal. Like some of it, I just genuinely don't remember. Well, it kind of all blurs together too, right? Honestly, though. Yeah. Um. But to give you exact numbers, yesterday my that account gained 367 followers. Um, just organically, like not me doing any follow unfollow. And so this is something I've been really big about is if you can get 
if, if you pick up a meme account and in your niche or like an account that posts things that people from your niche like would the followers would transfer over to your content right so like let's say in evan's case um he's posting fitness stuff fitness workouts if he had a fitness meme page or a fitness theme page something where like fitness people would be around if he were growing that and then actively dming them to try to get them to his personal account i mean my personal account has been popping lately just because i've been doing this on the side and it's as it's as easy as like i wake up in the morning i go to the gym early um i run like 20 25 minutes on the treadmill and then i walk five to ten minutes while i'm walking send dms in between sets send dms and i can usually send about a little under 100 every day i don't want to pass 100 because that's where everyone kind of says it like hits the spam point i don't want to get marked for spam because i think that'll affect the engagement um but i mean i'll have to double check i think i get like some days i get like 50 extra followers on my personal that's crazy yeah just from doing that and then that's on top of people getting to my account from reels yeah, yesterday I gained 44 followers, 46, 34, 46, 26. Yeah. And as like some people might be thinking like, oh, that's kind of small, but it's not. Like, because if I'm doing this consistently every day, you know, let's say at like 30, 30 and, you know, if I'm doing that every day for 30 days, it's 900 followers. That's 900 extra people engaging with my content and it's it's kind of a steamroll thing because that's 900 more people who like tiktoks who are probably going to engage with my stuff put it further in the algorithm push it further to new people so it's like is it really 900 is it 1500 hmm. i never thought about it like that yeah so it takes a while to ramp up like this is something i've been doing for quite a bit um but once it's ramped up man What's like your 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 end goal with the TikTok stuff? You just want to like pop and then start doing yeah, that's, figuring out. That's something I've been trying to figure out. I definitely want to be like I figured this out about myself. I want my personal brand to be big, um, around something. But it's kind of funny because like there's so much to me that I don't know how to pick one, and I don't know if I want to pick one, right? Because on mm-hmm. one side, I like to think I'm funny. I think I'm decent. Like I think I can without sounding like oh look at me like suck my own dick like uh, without sounding like. <laughs> You know, uh, I I think I'm decently funny, and I think that's just kind of proven by like my TikToks popping off and stuff like that. Um, and I do love entertaining people. I want to be that funny side. But on the other side, I'm really good at marketing, really good mm-hmm. at social media. So I'm not sure how to like navigate that. And that's something I'm still trying to figure out. Like, how do I navigate this like these skill sets that I have, and how do mm-hmm. I use them not only to for me to live comfortably, but also to help people. Like, that's something I really want to do. Is like um, be able to help other people not only achieve what they want, but also just like, you know, like when, you know, all this stuff is happening, like the Lebanon crisis, one of the things Mm -hmm. I did on my meme accounts instantly like set up links, posted stuff about it to try to drive people to donation links, raise awareness so that people would donate more for it. Like, that's what I want to do. Ideally, like have that kind of influential power to like almost, almost change the world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, you can connect the dots looking backward, but you can't connect them looking forward kind of thing. Facts. So to answer your question in, in that long-winded way, in a short way, I don't really know. I'm not 100% sure, but what I do know is I have a lot of stuff that's working. I'm trying to gauge 
you know, what I just told you was a very shortened version of what, what I do to grow my accounts. There's a lot of other things that I know that I think will definitely help people. I'm also kind of wondering like, Hey, maybe I should create a course and teach people what I know, because it's a lot better than, than these social media courses that are like, you know, you need to consistently post once a day and have long captions yeah, and ask a, a lot question. of them are kind of like really basic, but these courses are selling for like $400, $500 and it's basic shit, right? And sometimes this is excluding the scammers. Like this is like the legit courses who are like putting out that content and like saying, here's how you do this. It's like really basic. Like it's not anything game changing, so to speak, nope. in my opinion, right? Mm -mm. No, and this is one dude's opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think so too, because I've like seen those, those courses and like, I don't know, it's just, it's, anybody's an expert at this point but Thanks. the stuff that i think there's like two guys there's one guy i'm actually trying to get on our pod the podcast his name's josh ryan there's like one guy that i've really seen his stuff on youtube and i've been like yeah this guy's got super valuable stuff but like other than that mm -hmm. a lot of the youtube videos because i try to stay in the know like follow a couple of people most of mm -hmm. them are just kind of like filler garbage like anybody telling you that shadow bands are still a thing on instagram <laughs> it's so dumb no it's not like they're not they're not gonna shadow ban you for using a certain hashtag like what no that's not a thing it, it's it's what i've learned because there were times on my theme accounts where i was posting four or five times a day when mm. you're posting four or five times a day consistently for a week two weeks a month you can gather enough data to really actually make those conclusions, right? Versus mm -hmm. somebody posting once a day and then deciding, oh, I'm shadow banned in a hashtag group or something. It's like, no, you just have, you posted five to seven times that week. Like that's not enough to gather data versus- That's because it's easy to blame someone else and to say, hey, I'm not posting enough. Oh yeah, dude, I've used probably the same <laughs> hashtag group sets for my accounts for since I started really posting, which was probably in February, and now it's August, I've used the exact same hashtags every single day for probably 500, 600, 700 posts. I don't even know how many I've posted at this point. So anybody who's like, you can't use the same hashtag sets and get the same, that's a lie. That's such a lie. These hashtags get me hella extra impressions, and they've just worked consistently, and I've kept posting them over and over and over again. Ooh. What? So what's it like? Um being you know waking up and like having your own schedule and being graduated like what is what does Weird. that feel like do you feel like a certain level of freedom you know and it's it's hard too because i'm i'm an entrepreneur right so a lot of it just comes down to discipline i'm not gonna lie like part of the reason i uh you know separated from my marketing agency was because my business partners didn't think i was doing my end of the work um which was also partially just because i wasn't enjoying it like they really helped me understand that we had a really great conversation like i'm still really good friends with them we had a great mm -hmm. conversation just like Hey man, like we kind of noticed you're not like as passionate about this as possible. And there's a lot of factors that played into it. And I was kind of just telling myself like, oh, this is what I, I have to stay in this business. I have to do this. And I realized yeah. I was like, that's not the case. Like I can go do this myself too and be a lot happier. Um, but a lot of it is now just being self-disciplined, like sitting down or waking up early. I think that's the one thing. A lot of people like you don't need to wake up early, but I think there's a lot of things about waking up early that are very beneficial. Number one, it takes discipline. And I think discipline rolls on. Have you read Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink or mm -hmm. listened to the audiobook? Um, yeah. They have the audiobook on free action for free on Spotify. And it's a really good book talking about like if you're disciplined in anything, 
you're going to have a lot more freedom, right? So if you're disciplined in um, your finance with your financials, you're going to be way better off than if you're, oh yeah, I'll buy this and I'll buy this willy nilly and I'll always go out to eat. At the end of the day, you're going to be struggling a lot more with money than the person that says, you know what? I don't need to go out and eat. Um, I have food at home mm-hmm. or like, you know, I, sh- I these guys are tr- trying to get me to go out and drink with them. You know what? I'm going to spend $3 on a drink, but other than that, I'm not going to drink anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a lot, it's a, it's a, it's a really good book, but, um, a lot of it just comes down to discipline. So waking up early, I think is very valuable. Not only just cause like it's good to do, but I think it makes you feel better. Like, I don't know, for me, I'm like, look at me, I'm, I'm awake before all these, everybody in my house, a lot of the people in the world aren't even awake yet. Like this, this is it. Like this is the time to like, get it <laughs> done, you know? And so yeah. I'll go to the gym, get home. Um, usually cr- I usually try to crank out work that requires me to stay, to be at home. And then I try to go somewhere else to do work, like a coffee shop, something like that. Um, I found a really good one that I really like that I'll just go to and I'll take my laptop and I'll crank out a ton of work until I'm done with it. And then I come home and then I'm trying to do other things that'll help me. So like one thing, um, I've been trying to do is DM random people in min- Minneapolis who are doing really dope stuff and mm-hmm. just being like, Hey, like I'm a new entrepreneur here. I try to make some connections. Hey, let me take you out to coffee. I'll pay for it. Like that has got me literally set up like three different meetings with, you know, a photographer, a guy who owns his own clothing company, another podcast out here. That's pretty well known. Like, so yeah, just to answer your question. I mean, it can be really difficult. Like before it was probably pretty difficult for me. Um, when I was like really, I don't know if depressed is the right word to put it, but like maybe depressed, you know, like, like just not feeling, not doing what I, what I want to be doing. But once that kind of clicked out, um, you know, I'm a relatively disciplined person. And once I kind of get over myself mentally, I think. (laughs) I feel that I feel that hundred percent. Like, so was when you graduated was wanting to go work somewhere, was that an option for you? Or were you kind of just like, and when I say option, I mean, like, was that in your mind where you like, you know, I want to go work somewhere? Or was that like completely like, that's ludicrous. I'm not doing that shit. I thought about it probably for a split second because like Corona hit and mm-hmm. my, the, the marketing agency that, that we, I was running with my business partners, all of our clients were brick and mortar. So we went, literally went from running like a bunch of people's ads to like nobody's ads in one, like from March to April because <clears throat> everybody had to shut down and that was rough. I was like, dang, but on the other side of it too, I had been doing a lot of things to make my own income that I was like, this is possible. Like I know the steps, like we were getting paid pretty, not amazing, but pretty decently by our marketing agency. And like, I was like, why can't I just do this? Like at a scale, more scale level, or even, um, I'm going to try to start taking more photos at bars here in Minneapolis. Um, Mm -hmm. I was making not a ton of money. I, was, I mean, I was getting paid because I was like a college student and I kind of got handed the gig. But um, the real value of photos, you know, you can get paid pretty well for it. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I was kind of just like, why not do that? So um, obviously getting a real job is always kind of like on the table. Um, but for right now, too, I was also I'm just, you know, 22 years old. I got the rest mm-hmm. of my life if I really want to to go and work for another company. Why rush it kind of th- kind of is my and especially right now. So many of my friends are struggling to find jobs. A lot really? of them are. Str- oh yeah. And I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Do you think there's gonna be another market crash? Like from coronavirus? Yeah. I mean, it's already happening right now. Is it happening? I, mean, I haven't really. I mean, it. I don't know if it's it's crashing, but I think it's definitely slowing things 
I don't know. I actually, I, I default on my opinions. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I know enough about it. I don't want to BS anything, but like from what I'm seeing, like a lot of people are, everything's, the market actually itself, I don't think it's crashing, but I think uh, we're definitely due for a recession within the next few years. If not, it's happening now. Um, but that's kind of all I really have on that. I don't necessarily know the ins and outs of the market right now. Yeah. Um, but we're definitely do. I mean, we've been on the plus side for the past 10 years, right? Since 2008. So I think yeah. we're definitely due for something sometime soon. Well, it crashed in, in when when COVID happened, which made sense. But like ever since then, like it's pretty much back to where. Hold on, I'm looking at the Dow right now. But let me look at the S&P 500. <laughs> I like the S&P 500. I don't know why. It's it's my favorite. Um, let me look at one year. Yeah, so it crashed, but it's pretty much back to where it was uh pre-covid which is wild like that's not supposed to happen especially because there's still a lot of unemployment and a lot of crazy stuff happening with covid right now mm -hmm. i don't know a lot of people are just talking like they're like oh yeah i think it's gonna crash again and in a, on top of that we've been printing a ton of money like i think once that catches up to us it's gonna bite us in the butt and i think a, i think the market's gonna drop again and i think a lot of Inflation. people are gonna lose jobs obviously i'm not like uh, for anybody listening to this and is like freaking out, I'm not the expert. This is just for me, like listening to other podcasts that I like, kind of just like thinking it over, watching trends and stuff. Um, but I have to say, there's a lot of very smart people out there in the investing like world who think that this is a huge bubble, a disastrous bubble that's built on um, printing money, people lying to themselves, and COVID. But I don't know. What do you what do you mean people lying to themselves? Um, well, <clears throat> even before well, it's so hard. Have you like read any like books? Maybe not even financial books. I read books. any books. <laughs> no, sorry. That was like I cut myself <laughs> off, sorry. Um, have you how much like the stock market have you like read into? Because there's a lot like, okay, so for example, um, I'm reading a book, it's called Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Shout out my grand little Jack Riley for buying me that. I don't know if he'd ever listen to this, but um, Zero to One, he talks about, because it's Peter Thiel was like the guy who like invented PayPal, made the major investment into Facebook. Um, okay. So he was around during the dot-com era when the, when the internet came out, and literally you could increase the stock the stock value of your business just by like registering a domain with .com like like <clears throat> if i had a business that was like sarby studios and um in in i don't even remember what year it was i think it was in the 90s at some point whenever i don't know whenever the internet came out right um if you like if I had just taken Sarby Studios and gotten the domain sarbystudios.com and I was in like the I, the stock market or whatever, my stock would have shot up. Which in the book he breaks down, he's like, that's so dumb. Like you're not your your business isn't or your your stock isn't going up because of like your value is actually increasing. You're making more money. You're it's going up because you registered a domain. And so by a lot. the thought process behind that is like uh, having a domain because the, the internet was so early. It's kind of like you're solidified. Like you have to be doing big numbers if you have a .com. Yeah, but then uh, once again, people were lying to themselves because that wasn't the case. Like, ah. like people people weren't doing big numbers, and then there was a big crash because eventually every, it, everything caught up, and everyone was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Like these companies aren't actually doing big numbers," and then it dropped. 
<laughs> and I mean, kind of same I, thing with the housing market. Um, from what I understand, most of it comes from like a couple books I read kind of from the big short. I know it's not like super reliable, but it explains it pretty well. It's just people lying to themselves that like, oh yeah, anybody can have a house, American dream, whatever. Um, you know, just sign here. You can always refinance, blah, 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 blah. Bunch of people getting mortgages who shouldn't. People can't pay their mortgages back. Boom. Like everything just comes crashing down. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it was just a bunch of people who were like, hey, we can make a good amount of money off of this banks yeah man and actually one thing i do know is uh interest rates are like at an all-time low for for buying houses and selling them it's like here in mississippi it's like uh 3.25 percent mm -hmm. and we're in what you would call a seller's market so it's like um exactly what it means the seller's market um so like, it's a lot of interesting things going on but like i said i don't have too much knowledge to give like an opinion like yeah. we gotta do this or we gotta do this i can't because i always get confused with interest rates because there's interest rates for literally everything there's interest rates for mortgages there's interest <laughs> rates america that you're getting for your savings accounts that are like that fluctuate up and down there's interest rates with everything and so um like i i can't remember who it was but somebody i think it was peter schiff do you know who that is mm -hmm. he's a he's an economist. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast, but I listened to his podcast that he had with Joe Rogan. And then I went and listened to a couple of his podcasts, but I think he's really big. I think he's saying that like to save our economy right now, we kind of have to like raise interest rates. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it. I don't know if I'm, I'm doing it justice. Oh, I need to make this full screen. I don't know if I'm doing his, his, uh, argument justice or whatever, but I know it's supposed to like, you're supposed to slow that stuff down because low interest rates are perceived as a good thing and i think that's one thing that's helping build the bubble that's going to inevitably help our uh, people our keep buying and buying and buying when because they think they can afford it because the interest rates are low yep. but in fact they're just acquiring more debt and it's building that bubble yep yeah i think that's what it is i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure but i for anybody like i i don't know i'm just very skeptical uh ever since Ever since I saw the big short, I've all, <laughs> like, it sounds dumb, but it's really made me think like, if you are, if you're just throwing caution to the wind, if you're ignorant, if you're not taking the time uh, I'm really big. Do you have a 401k? Oh, no, you don't work yet. Do you have a 401k or a Roth IRA? Mm -hmm. So a majority of people don't know how much that they're, well, some people don't know that they're actually paying for that. And a, a even greater chunk of people don't know how much they're paying for it. And so a lot of people hear like 401k Roth RA, oh, that's just an adult thing you need to do. Like everybody does it, so I need to do it. But in reality, they're taking a lot of your money that you could be saving for retirement. Like literally some people like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't want to give yeah. like any like investing or financial, like super financial advice, but all I recommend, and I recommend this for you too, read a book. It's called Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Um, okay. It is it is an incredible book where he just really breaks down. He's like, yeah, these companies that are charging you like 4% on, you know, with your Roth IRA, like 4% on expenses and on like whatever, you might think like, oh, 4% isn't that much, but it's a ton when you take into account compound interest. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Yep, you're and right. like a lot of these mutual funds that people are always like glorifying, they don't actually meet the like the idea of a mutual fund is like okay the s p 500 averages seven percent return every single year we're gonna beat that seven percent 
Now, they might beat it one or two years, but on average, most mutual funds, like 96% of them or some high number like that, don't meet the, or they don't exceed the, um, the percentage of the S&P 500 over a 15-year span. So they might have a good couple of years once or twice, but they don't actually beat it. So if you're investing in a mutual fund, um, you're going to be paying a lot more expenses because they're buying and selling. So they, they charge you more for some buying and selling expenses. They also just throw in a bunch of their BS expenses in there too, so they can make more money. Um, and you end up losing a ton of money rather than doing kind of a safer investment strategy through exchange traded funds or something like that. So it looks good up front. Yep. And then there's a lot of stuff between uh, like stock brokers. There's different like brokerage licenses. There's like three different kinds. And long story short, there's one kind that they can get paid by mutual funds, a kickback to recommend their mutual fund. So like, let's say I'm a broker for you and I'm getting paid by mutual fund X to tell you, hey, this is the best mutual fund ever. You should put your money into it not because it's in your best interest, but because I'm getting paid more. And I don't need to tell you that it's because I'm getting paid more. Hmm. So there's, there's, there's brokers. A majority of brokers are that kind because you get paid more, right? You're getting a mm -hmm. kickback. So you, you get your salary. And then on top of that, you get whatever kickbacks you get from people going and investing in that um, versus they're like fiduciaries or I don't know, something like that, where they're, they're required by law to tell you what's, in your best interest so they can't take those kickbacks because they have to be like yeah this mutual fund's paying me more but honestly for you it's probably better to invest like this uh yeah that makes sense though that's that's kind of like uh, i don't i'm not gonna say common sense but it's kind of like a, it's kind of like reading the writing on the wall right yeah well but like, the problem no. problem is some people don't read the writing on the wall they think they think sure. brokers are working in their best interest when that's not the case man they're they're trying to make their buck they're trying to afford that mercedes that they're driving to work every single day how do they do that they tell you hey this mutual fund is the best thing since sliced bread Shit. read well, the book man it, i'm telling you i need, I need to read a book i need to read more oh yeah me too i have so many books just chilling out. i'm that's one thing i'm trying to build a better habit of is like reading and i was so good about it before actually during corona like quarantine i was so good about it but now i'm just like really bad honestly i kind of changed my my mindset on books right so these past few years i've been reading a lot i used i used to hate reading like i used to hate it like if you told me to read a book as a kid i would rather cry and take a nap and get a butt whooping than read a book. <laughs> take the, I, the wooden now, spoon to that to the butt yeah dude, but now i see like uh it's it's essentially what it is it's like free game like someone who lives this and breathes this is writing a book and putting it condensing the information what they know that they've spent a majority of their life doing and they're putting it in this little thing for you to read and mm -hmm. i once i think about it like that i'm like damn i probably need to read more yeah no i think uh, especially if you're doing like i love fun reading every once in a while but um you know one way you can just level up immensely is if you're if you're reading a book even if it's like one book every month like that adds up for real dude like i'm on my third dr seuss <laughs> <laughs> one I'm fish two flesh two fish not flesh <laughs> no i've been reading a, a lot of self-help book i i know one thing everyone keeps telling me to read um it's like the stereotypical bro four day loss bro you gotta read it you gotta read it man what it's book? good four day laws of power i haven't oh. read it yet oh wait I'm say up. that one more time 
48 laws of power or 48 laws four, or something. Four, wait, 48 laws? Yeah. Oh, 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 okay. 48 laws of power. I thought you were saying like four date laws of power or something. And I was like, what? Um, Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, there's there's two. You have to, um, I think a lot of, there's a lot of self-improvement books that are, that are good to read and you should read them. Um, I also think a lot of people just use it as, it's like courses, like people buy a bunch of courses and then don't actually take action. Same thing with the books. Like you really have to take it and live it. And I think a way that you can really do that is if one resonates with you super well. Um, I don't know, my personal like, this is a book you have to read is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. That's, I actually bought it. I bought it for a bunch of people who are important to me. Oh my gosh, I think this light keeps like, going on and off i'm gonna turn it off really quick no worries um sorry uh jeff the slight edge by jeff olson you should read it anybody should read it i think i bought probably like six different copies for six different people like i bought one for evan i bought one for the president of my fraternity like just a super great book um talking about how like the difference between a successful person and an unsuccessful person isn't like one big leap or like luck or anything it's literally just the the your yeah your actions they're more disciplined it's consistent um just a great book and that's one that like really kind of opened my eyes in terms of like anything i'm doing wrong is just me not being consistent in my actions every single day oh shit that's well, pretty big man well what's a good book that you're reading right now oh uh, right now i'm reading multiple i should probably not do that as much but <laughs> um right right now i'm reading um it's called hustle 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 harder hustle smarter by 50 cent mm. and essentially just talking about like his experiences in life and how he's learned from those um and kind of right now it's talking about um he had his predecessors so 50 cent was like the biggest thing like you said earlier since sliced bread mm-hmm. in the early 2000s he was like the baby of the early 2000s or the baby's like 50 cent of the early 2000s and this guy was like coming off with hits here left and right left and right and so he had his predecessors right the young buck and um another rapper and he said what 50 was trying to build was a um conglomerate to where he can branch off and do other things like media and entertainment things like that right um but he's saying a lot of these guys he was working with didn't have the hunger that he had so basically what i'm getting at is um a lot of them they were so caught in their ways that they couldn't see opportunities for what they were. And that's kind of like one of the th- stories that he's talking about. And it's just really, it's really interesting seeing his experiences. Um, the next one I'm reading, um, that I've been reading for like a year, it's called Merely Christian by C.L. Lewis. Um, it actually was recommended to me by my statistic professor. Shout out Iva Ballard. Um, <laughs> and the, the book takes forever, man. Like I literally can read two pages and then I'll have to go and Google what something means. And then I'll like write like my thought on like what that script says. I like really have to like meditate and like not like own meditate, but meditate and like really think about what I just read and like, whoa shit, like it's really good food for thought. Um but I can't necessarily like describe it in one thing, but it's called Merely Christian by C. L. Lewis. Um it's written during the World War Two, I believe. Um, and it's just like really, really good food for thought as far as like philosophical stuff like that and like the it's theological i guess you yeah. Could say. yeah yeah are you are you super religious i'm not like a ton religious but um i don't know honestly i don't know um 
I don't know how to describe that question. I, I grew up uh, as a Baptist Christian in the church. I would I believe in God. I would say that, yeah, for sure. Um, and I'd say I'm spiritual as well. So it's kind of, it's different because um, my dad's side, Baptist, uh, Baptist Christian, grew up in church. My mom's side, Native American. So it's like really spiritual. Yeah. So I kind of, um, a lot of their beliefs and values I kind of resonate with. But now I'm kind of at that age where like, I'm kind of like looking into things and seeing like, what do I really think? Do I, do I value and like is is realistic for me and what I believe in? But I would definitely say for me, I, I believe in God. Yeah. 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 Me too. What about you, man? I know it's kind of hard um, to answer that question. I know I was taught to like to never talk religion and stuff like that. It's like a like a personal laptop, right? Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I, I've thought about I thought about it a lot. and I've talked about it with people. So I was raised Catholic, but I was never like I was never like amazingly like interested in it. You know what I'm saying? Like. I, I I felt like it was more forced upon me than a lot. Like, it, it, yeah, like it was it was pretty pretty much like. I, I mean, was a lot of kids don't wake up and on the weekend I'm like, time for church. Time for church. <laughs> Let's go. And then, time to sit in one's place, and you know, a lot a lot of kids are you know. Yeah, and uh, well, it's funny because there actually is some people like that, but it's for like churches. Have you ever seen like those like youth churches that like, like I remember I went to a overnight church thing with my with my friends, and I was like. My mom. Oh yeah, let's go hard. BBA yeah. camp. Well, it I, was. I those. It was like they had like cool like I mean at the time it was cool for me like Monster Energies and then like they like rented out a water park for the night and you got to use the water park and then you come back and like do there'd be like bands playing and it was super cool like activities and it was it was a whole like experience so there are like kind of that those fun churches which also doesn't really like feel like religion to me. I remember like thinking, oh, this is so cool. And then like really reflecting on it now, I was like, that's not religion. That's kind of them just trying to bait me into their religion as a kid that just wants to have fun. It's kind of <laughs> the way I looked at it. Like, I don't know. And like some people would disagree. I mean, obviously it's a great, like if you can bring fun into anything, I think it's a good, from a marketing standpoint, it's a good way to get some people in there. Um, but so for me, I I want to be able to make my own decisions. I want to... Like, I truly do believe there's some greater thing up in the universe that's kind of, like, controlling things. But I also don't think he takes as much stake in humans as we think. Like, think about it. If you're, like, a divine being, why would you, you know, like, he's probably made other aliens and stuff like that. Like, why would he be so concerned about whether or not I'm, you know, having sexual intercourse before I'm married or not? You know what I'm saying? Like, that just sounds so, like, dumb to me. And I think a lot of it, too... Um, it's an interesting perspective. Oh, very. Like, I've talked about this with tons of people. And I'm not saying, like, like anybody who's in religion, I'm like, dude, like, go for it. Like, yeah. Like, if you can have that great level of faith, like, do it. I just, I question too many things. I have thought about it a lot and thought, like, well, what if religion was just made because what's keeping us from really just going around killing each other? Like at some point someone was like, oh yeah, there's like this thing in the God in the air that says like, it's not okay to be killing each other. And then everyone was like, oh yeah, okay. That makes sense. You know? Yeah, man. I had a, I think it was like a cultural anthropology class. It was from one of my, my honors courses. And that's kind of where I got into like thinking about it. Um, it was like uh, the case study was on um, whether or not religion was used to, um, Actually, this wasn't like a case study on it. It was like uh, my project, and I was talking about you know whether or not religion was used to control the masses. 
Um, and I kind of like went to like looking at a bunch of scholarly articles, things like that nature. But it's like it's 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 really good food for thought to just think and like kind of I, I'm a I'm a big believer in kind of thinking for yourself as much as I ask other people for their opinions. Because I'm really am like cons- like I really am curious and interested in other people's perspectives and seeing like how they operate and like yeah. what they believe. Right. No, I, I think it's the one thing I've also that's really repelled me from some religions is just that they go in with this mindset that like this is it like i'm right and this is the only thing that can be right whereas i if i were religious the way i'd want to go into it is like okay this is what i believe but also there's the possibility that this could be wrong because like we're basing it off of a book that is supposedly you know written of these disciples who hung around a guy who supposedly is the son of a, a god which a lot of that doesn't make sense and a lot of that doesn't add dude said hung around the guy yeah. <laughs> sorry i'm trying to dumb it down like no no no, no. you're like, you're good man you're sharing it, you're sharing your, your, your opinion that's good that's good no but like and i'm it's like not trying to rag on them or anything like that totally could have been how it was but like i i think it's just very unrealistic for people to be like this is it like everything makes sense about this like it's it Oh, there's a something that doesn't make sense. Oh, that doesn't matter because it's it's God and He's mysterious and like all the you know that's that's just mm. something that I've I've never. It's almost like the the ignorance thing. Like like oh yeah no these guys that are running my 401k they're totally they totally got my best interest in their mind. This totally isn't a business that you know is trying to make money off of me and they're doing this for their own personal gain like to me it's like almost similar where you're just kind of ignoring it's traditional right yeah is that, is yeah, that yeah. kind of how you think about it and like it's more so like so and so did this so i'm gonna do this right mm-hmm. yeah kind of just following it up like that's one thing is i i've tried to there's a lot of a lot of people don't realize it but a majority of what you do and what you say and what you think People don't want to admit this but a lot of it has to do with your peers the people around you what other people are saying what's cool what's mm. you know um which could is a good thing like like you should take what other people are doing and take those into consideration but you shouldn't let that drive your actions like you should be able to make your own decisions um and that's something that i've been trying to like check myself on a lot mm-hmm. but also with religion too, kind of bring it in um so my family because uh, i'm half japanese my grandma was buddhist and she converted to catholicism when she married my grandpa um and I'm not 100% sure about this because I'm pretty sure... Gramps is putting that thing down. You just don't you just don't convert religion. Well, when <laughs> no, you're... No, I'm playing, man. I'm no, playing, when I'm you're... Playing. Well, in, in, like, Japanese culture, it's very... It's very traditional. So it's like... Oh, really? The hus- what the husband says goes kind of thing. Okay. Um, Is kind of how it was perceived. And also, so my grandparents were in the internment camps. Oh, man. A this lot- was, like, the, the pre... World War Two. Oh yeah, like World in California no, not and whatnot. Pre, like, well, maybe pre. I, no, I think it was just during World War Two. I don't know. I'll have to double check on that. But um, like World War Two, when everybody was freaking out, thinking that Japanese people were spies. Pearl Harbor. They, yeah, they threw them in the internment camps, and um, there's so much. Don't get me started about this because I hate how fast history classes brush over how much we screwed that up. Like. Imagine if they did that today. Like, people would be freaking out if, like, we put someone in these camps just based off of, like, 
their race, even though they were 100% like American, right? And I mean, we do do that. <laughs> With <laughs> who? I mean, you see this all the time. I, I, I mean, I guess you just mentioned that their their race or their how they identify as like American. But I mean, at the borders all the time, man, you see these kids getting thrown in cages and sent oh, yeah. to wherever oh I was but that's another subject that's another oh subject. yeah that's another i was talking more about like like a war like imagine oh, we, yeah, like, yeah. Broke like out mass another... hysteria just like all right let's throw everyone who looks like them in a cage yes yep that's exactly what... what they did and and it's... why would they well it's crazy too because like people don't even get into like the little things so for example um you know people knew that oh these japanese americans have to sell their homes sell their all their stuff before they go to this these internment camps so these, these people, let's say I was trying to sell a laundry machine that was worth $50. These people would just go up to them and be like, I'll give you $2 for it. And they're like, what? No, it's worth $50. They're like, well, you have to leave in three weeks. So sell it now or, you know, I'll just come pick it up when you're in these internment camps. So there was a lot of that. And even during that time and then after World War II as well, there was a lot of racism towards um, Japanese Americans. Like even so to the point where like when my parents were born, like or when excuse me when my mom and her siblings were born years and years later um they didn't feel comfortable giving them japanese names uh like first names and they didn't feel comfortable sharing the japanese language with them because they didn't ever want like to like people to hear them speaking japanese to each other in in public and then they were racist for that you know they wanted to americanize them as much as possible and uh, uh, like this was throughout all japanese culture because you know asian Amer asian americans and japanese people in general i think are very like we don't we don't want to complain about it like we just we're like okay this is how it is like this is how this is what we need to do to adjust to it which i think is commendable but it's also like why does that have to happen so kind of mm -hmm. going back to the religion thing a lot there were a lot of buddhist Japanese Americans who converted to Catholicism partially solely just to be seen as more American because Buddhism isn't like an American culture or excuse me, an American mm -hmm. like religion um, or it's not even technically a re religion, but it kind of fills that that hole. Um, but, you know, a lot of people were like, OK, we're going to be we're going to be Catholic because other Americans, white people are Catholic. So this is how we're going to be seen better and reduce the racism and it for me like i almost when i learned about that i was like wow like in another world where america wasn't racist towards japanese americans in the fort in the 1940s i could have maybe been buddhist like you know what i'm saying yeah and dude. so and this was this was 80 years ago right so these are people who are their grandparents or their great-grandparents yeah. so like this isn't gone away by any means like this is still there is still some traces of that there mm-hmm and, and my, like, even with my grandparents, I didn't know my grandparents spoke Japanese until um, some Japanese, they have, like, a rotary exchange group, and a couple of my, my like, people that I'd seen in Japan when I went were coming, so I came and visited. My grandma was speaking fluent Japanese to them, and I was like, whoa, what? Like, I always just thought that they didn't know how to speak Japanese, they weren't taught it, and they're like, no, we just keep it under the wraps because, like, we don't want, we don't want anybody to judge us for it. And I just thought that was so messed up. I was like. It's crazy dumb but yeah long story short i really want to experience buddhism because i also went to japan and we saw a bunch of buddhist temples and like just heard a lot about the history and i was like it's like your roots man yeah it was almost something that like i, I felt really connected to not like insanely connected but just something like i want to experience it so and it's honestly on me too because there's buddhist places all around like i'm sure i could find somewhere in minneapolis but um that's not really like my focus by any means you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But it's definitely something probably once I'm more established in life and maybe I'm starting to like 
really discover like who I am spiritually, I really want to like start going to some Buddhist temples and really kind of explore that side of it. But I mean, that's really the only pull I have towards religion. <laughs> I feel, I feel I, that's one thing too. It's like kind of figuring out who you are as a person. I think, um, I, I think a lot of times older people specifically try to like draw it out as you have to do this, you have to do that. When a lot of times people don't really have it figured out. They just have more years on you. Like yeah. someone can be six years old and not know what the fuck they're doing. Well, I think, and that and that's okay. common, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying I have it figured out because I don't. No, no. I that's I think that's a very like I don't think we're ever gonna have it figured out. Even how do I say this? I think there's a there's a, the world is forever changed by the internet because now we have ways to question, right? A lot easier ways to question things that were normally just like if you were raised christian back before the internet like what was really going to have you question christianity other than uh, maybe a couple of your friends who weren't christian or something like that right versus now we have the internet now we can really like challenge we your can beliefs see articles we can google search we can everything to challenge not even just religion beliefs but any beliefs that we've had that normally like we would have just grown up with now we have platforms to really challenge them and really see things on a day-to-day -day basis that are making you second guess or making you want to do research into things that you thought just were like normal mm -hmm. it's crazy like but our parents didn't have that i also think that's why a lot of people nowadays want to take the the, the route of not working like a dead-end job like working a nine-to-five trying 100 to like, yeah i think that's 100%. a big reason too. i think if our parents grew up in the area that we're in right now they would have more context or they would want to do the things that we're trying to do now and when i say the things that we're trying to do is like you don't necessarily need a college degree to succeed in this world does it help yes would i advocate that you go to college yes because i think for me personally i think that um growing up in small town kansas and getting out of my 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 home area and like you just said like talking with other people and like challenging my own beliefs has helped me grow um far more but i do i think it's necessary to be successful businessmen no um but you know if you're an engineer or a lawyer i, I think it's most definitely necessary yeah but there are people out there who have been successful in those fields that haven't had the formal education so to speak right um but i think nowadays the colleges in the future i think that unless you're like a yale or a harvard or a big brand name or a michigan ann arbor i think a lot of these colleges are going to go downhill i think a lot of people our culture doesn't value education as as much as we used to in the past i think we're seeing um the opportunity of the internet and the access it can give us to allow us to kind of create our own future opposed to having to go attend a college and a lot of times you'll see yeah. with these um entertainers or these youtubers that they dropped out you know junior senior year to go full in on whatever they go in on yeah i've i think our education system needs a major reform um especially because i mean it's so expensive now because the government was like hey we'll pay for it like you can take out loans and then everyone was like cool i get to go to college and then the colleges were like cool we get to bump up the prices a ton and inflate mm -hmm. the hell so that we we make more money. Um, I think that the whole system is built on just just stupidity. I Capitalism, think, bro. Yeah, I think <laughs> what companies really should do is like imagine if like Google they came out with like a hey we're gonna start 
because think about it. How many times have has a friend come to you after their internship and they're like, wow, I learned way more about being a mechanical engineer from that internship than I have from three years of college? Yeah, man. It's like what, uh, what Gary Vee always says. You know, He always says, I can read fucking 300 books about doing a push-up, but until I actually do a push-up, I'm not going to see any results in the mirror. Yep. I think it would be incredible if a company like Google came out with like a, hey, don't go to college. If you want to work at Google, like we have a school for three years that you they don't. They have that. Yeah, that like, do they really? Yeah, they just started it like, uh, I, they just posted something about that like a month ago. No way. How did I yeah, miss it says, this? Google, Google's offering like a scholarship. Is it like, or is it like their Google offering um, degree? Google that real quick. To, let me try to find it. No yeah, so Google will offer career certificates, and this was uh, made July 14, 2020, as equivalent to a four-year degree in data analytics and project management. Let me look at this. How does this work? How does this work? So what, like and you go through a, like a course? So essentially what it's like, um, this is just for me like skimming through an article, uh, but here it says, um, So the courses will be offered by Coursera, which is like a really popular uh, course, online course thing. That's what I'm um, right now. A previous college's degree is not required to apply. Um, the courses Amazing. will take about six months to complete, and it's equivalent to a four-year degree for Google. Wow. And there's also, um, did you, when you were in Houston, did you get to meet Elliot? Elliot, no, I don't think I met him. Yeah, tattoos. He attends a school um, in California. And basically, I don't know. I don't know what the name of the school is, but I follow the the guy on Twitter who founded it. Essentially, what it is is um, you pay no tuition. You go full four years, right? But once you get your job, you pay like some percentage of your total salary back to the school until you pay off your debt to the school. But while you're going there, you have no debt whatsoever. See, that is that is exactly what I was gonna say, and I'm glad that somebody's doing it because I think all companies should do this, right? Like, imagine if, um, like Lockheed Martin or I'm trying to think of like big engineering. Oh no, you're you're a business major, so like, um, like imagine if big hedge fund companies were yeah. just like, screw it, like let's try to find people who are pretty financially savvy who will go through these courses and then we can like hand tailor train them to what they actually need to learn rather than going to college, going in debt to go to a, like a majority of the classes I took in college were pretty big BS, like all yeah. BS, you know, like I took an agronomy course that I honestly did not pay attention in. I took like a, like a bunch of other just random ones that were like required. And I was like, what does this have to do with marketing? I care about marketing. And even some of my marketing <laughs> classes were just like sending emails and stuff. I'm like, bro, we live in 2020. Like we need to be looking at like SEO optimization. Yes. Like, shit like that. Like, why are we looking at the lack, <laughs> you know, and... the lack of classes that really go in depth on that stuff. It blows my mind. Like, and, and for the audience, mind you, uh, Ben attends Iowa state university division one school. I attend Mississippi State University Division One School. By no means are they, you know, Ivy League schools, but at a Division One level with over thousands of students there and hundreds of thousands in debt, um, some students may pay. Like you would think that they're getting, you know, some type of thing to. I don't know. Well, I, I just think, I think the world is now moving too fast for classrooms. Like you unless you you're. <sighs> Like, unless you are 
in the trenches constantly like learning what needs to be known like like it was really interesting running a marketing agency doing facebook ads learning all the things i needed like all the skills i needed to know for facebook ads and then being in a mark like in a marketing program at school because like we didn't touch anything on like like what i felt like was like the real marketing like like learning copywriting, learning how to run Facebook ads, learning how SEO works, what it does, like all that was me doing that on the side. Most of my marketing classes were like definitions. And don't get me wrong, like the definitions were important, but they weren't worth memorizing in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. no, at no point was I doing like marketing for a client or whatever. And you know, a, a definition came up and I was like, cool, I'm glad I really memorized that for whatever to get mm-hmm. an A on the test. Like, no, it was, it was knowing, you know, how, how, uh, you know, what I need to do to get the, the, the information or what research I need to do to get the information on, you know, my client's target market, um, and then use my copywriting skills to really hit their pain points so that people will click on this advertisement and enter their information. Like that was, that's marketing. Marketing isn't the definition of, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of Yeah, yeah, even just that. Yeah, you know, when you when you write fancy words to make people want to buy your stuff, like it doesn't matter the definition. What matters is if you can do it. Hundred percent. And that so with that being said, when you first started out the company, um, what was it like being with all three of you starting the business? Was it, you know, was it kind of scary as far as like, you know, getting paid or having, did you guys already have clients before we you? We didn't get paid for like the first eight months, I think of us running it. Shit. Yeah. So, How did but, you survive? well, so, I mean, I was still in I, college. Not that actually, can I, can I ask this? I don't know if like I'm impeding on your, you know, I don't know if I'm going like too deep on the questions or whatnot. No, no, you're good. I don't mind sharing, um, especially for somebody who is interested in entrepreneurship. Here's the thing. I'm super lucky where I've always had, well, first, first off, I was working a job at the time too, and that was paying for most of my major stuff. Um, little background on me. If you don't know, I have, I got a scholarship to Iowa state. It, it was, it, it's a, it was a full tuition scholarship. So I never had the pressure of like having to pay for tuition or like loans or anything like that. Um, my parents were, my parents are super well off in general, but they had saved money for my college. So they were kind of like, hey, you got this far with your scholarship, like we'll pay for your living. Um, so there were things like I paid for my food, I paid for my utilities, whatever, but I never had to pay for rent. I never had to, uh, which I'm very like, like I'm so privileged, like in that way where mm. not having to pay for that stuff just takes a whole burden off your back. Um, not saying that I couldn't have figured out a way to do it, but it definitely gave me more time to not only enjoy college, but work on my businesses and stuff like that. So, um, when, when we started it, I, well, here's the thing. We got a bunch of, we actually got a decent amount of clients. We were getting paid a decent amount, but we were reinvesting a lot back into the business. So we could have maybe paid ourselves, but, um, it was more like, we were like, if we put money back, cause, cause well, probably the coolest thing that we ever did was just learning. We learned very slowly, like what works, what doesn't work. And then we realized that if we buy certain courses from really credible people, we can learn what works and what doesn't work a lot faster. Okay. Um, because, you know, you can learn from your own mistakes or you can learn from other people's mistakes. And usually if you learn from other people's mistakes, it's a lot faster than 
figuring it out on your own. Um, mm. So yeah, we didn't pay ourselves for the longest time and I was fine with it because I was still working as a tour guide at Iowa State and I had a pretty low cost, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good too about like budgeting and saving my money. So, um, and I, I guess I had like a couple other things on the side that I was doing that was making me money. So it was like, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. For sure. That's, that's actually one thing we hop off this call. I want to talk to you more so about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, but, I wouldn't recommend, honestly, I would recommend for anybody, and this is something too that I'm, cause like, so I'm like basically hitting the reset button, like I told you, since I separated from my marketing agency. So I just signed mm -hmm. up for DoorDash. And my thing is like, okay, until I sign my first client, I have to DoorDash at least three times every week. Um, and at the, like, if I don't have a client by the end of this month, the beginning of September, I have to DoorDash every single day until I have money to pay for everything. Because here's the thing too, like, I think, um, I think people don't understand how psychological it is to be to financially know I can pay my rent, um, I can pay like my utilities, I can pay for food, I can pay for gas, and then I have a little extra left over, right? Just like your main bottom like things that you need to pay for. Um, and I'm mm -hmm. super big on like if you know that you can operate at such a higher level um, as a human being than if you're always having to stress about it. So that's mm -hmm. kind of my thing is like next month, as soon as like that week hits and if I don't have my first client yet, I'm just going to go balls to the wall, door dashing until I make that money. Mm -hmm. Even though I have a really big nest egg saved up where I could technically live for probably a good amount of months. But um, I just think like it's super important not to just fall back on something like that. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. crazy yeah, we'll crazy. have to talk about it, too, because I... I mean, if like in your case, if you're trying to start a businessman, like you're kind of in a good position to do so. It's more just being able to balance your time, setting your priorities, being disciplined. I don't know. Talk okay. about like if you're open to talking about it, like what are you working on? What are you doing? Because you're still in school. Right? Yeah. Are you doing a part time internship for anybody right now or a part time gig? No. So I finished my internship this summer about three weeks ago at NASA. Um, and now I'm trying. Well, I'm not trying. Uh, we, I co-founded a uh, real estate agency yeah and so right now we're focusing on facebook ads kind of lead generation and content creation and production and okay. right now we're kind of in the stage um for me personally it's like i said i'm wanting to accept the the nasa job if i get it um but right now uh i'm kind of focused on kind of scaling this business to where we can get more clients to where i can be self-sufficient to where if i have the opportunity to um just do this then try that or just go try NASA for a few years or a few months or however long I, I may be there. Maybe I'm there for my whole lifetime, right? Yeah. And and kind of see what I like doing more, right? That's why right now I'm kind of in the in the stages of you know uh, branding myself, doing things with podcasts, um, content, and then on top of that, trying to um, scale a business. So I'm kind yeah. of figuring out, you know, kind of just doing a bunch of things and seeing what I like. So, so here's. I'm going to do like a little bit of consulting with you. I think this will be fun. And for anybody here, I mean, okay, wait, just double check. So we've been podcasting for like an hour and 40 minutes. Oh shit. I know. Right. Do you have anything you got to do today? Um, yeah, I have some stuff I got to do. Um, say like one fifteen cutoff time. One fifteen cutoff time. Yeah. All right, bet. So we got 20 more minutes. Okay. So let's do like a little 20 minute consultation thing. Um, because I think there's a lot there that you talked about that I think I can, Help you with. So you you want to run Facebook ads for real estate agents? 
Is that yeah. okay? Yeah. So, um, you don't have any clients yet. No, we do. You do. So right now we're, we're testing a uh, customer relationship management tool. Oh, okay. And essentially, that's like a pipeline to where um, agents can email, text, and you know, Facebook Messenger their clients or their um, soon-to-be potential customers all in one place, and we're is we're that, running after them. Is that to, high level? What's up? What's the software called? Is it called High Level? I can't, I can't, I can't tell you that. I can't oh, tell you, you can't? that. No. Okay. Okay. So it's like, <laughs> did you guys build this CRM or? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. 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 Okay. Keep going. Keep going. And so right now we're kind of like seeing with clients. We're kind of like trying to figure out like our packages as like, okay, what do we offer these, these clients? Right. Um, a lot of times when we speak with, we're trying to acquire these brokerages to work with them. A lot of times they kind of already have their, um, their strategy set in place. And, you know, the people in the corner offices, you know, they're kind of um, risk averse, right? It's like, why well, am I going to try this new tool if it's going to cost me X amount of dollars? And what we're already doing is working, right? So now we're kind of targeting um, the newer real estate agents and trying to provide them value as far as content creation, production, and um, generating leads in Facebook ads. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, how are you getting clients currently? Right yeah. now, literally, it's just um, like... How do I, how do I say it? It's like blue collar, white collar work, like straight up, just like hitting people up on Facebook groups, um, contacting people like who I know my family. Hey, do you know any real estate agents? Cool. Shoot me their email, chatting them up, talking to them, seeing what the biggest pain points are and kind of seeing if they, if we can provide them any value. No, that's a good and way that's to do it. Kind of how, we're, how we have our, our first few clients lined up. Um, but by, by no means is this like, we're like to where I can go buy Camaro tomorrow. Like this is no, kind of like, of course not. I never got to that. I was, we weren't making the, my agency, we weren't making like the big bucks by any means, but it was generating money. Mm -hmm. And if you're generating something, you're like one big break or idea away from really making money. So, um, okay. So my kind of next question is, uh, are you guys doing well? Okay. How, are you guys creating case studies for this software based off of the clients that you currently have? Like what? We're not doing case studies. We're literally just um, emailing them and seeing like what they like, what they don't like. Um, and then we're trying to tweak it for that specific customer. Um, but no case studies. No case studies. So if you're really trying to push the CRM, I think what you need to do is make sure it's provide, like obviously, like there, there needs to be a clear process to revenue, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you need to make sure that, you know, these people who are saying like, Oh, I don't know if it's worth paying X amount for this thing. Um, right now to... we have them on a process, right? So like what we'll do is we'll, we'll do a free, free, like a uh, beta test for like two weeks. Right. Okay. Yeah. And we're getting their opinions. And right now we're still, we're still in beta test as we speak. Um, but a lot of the, no one has came back into like, I love this. But what they'll do is send us more houses to post for Facebook Marketplace or, or Facebook ads. And so, like, obviously, the writing's on the wall. Like, they, they're liking our shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 So that's that's a good – that's a very good sign. Um, number one, I would get video testimonials from these people. So after your, your beta testing is done. So one thing Ooh. we did with my agency is we realized that we – when we were reaching out to people, a, a lot of people don't like to be the first person to buy. So if I'm buying mm -hmm. something from you 
and you show me that other people have bought and they're satisfied with it, I'm gonna be way more likely to buy. So these, uh, like anybody who's doing this beta testing, I would just say like, hey, can you whip out your phone and just make a video testimonial saying, hey, like the company who made the CRM, it's really great, it's helped me do X, Y, and Z, I would highly recommend it. That's a good way to, to start generating, you know, that's social proof is king. Like, if mm. you, have you ever seen like any of the entrepreneur courses and then you scroll down to a certain point and there's just tons and tons of reviews and testimonials? There's a reason for that. It's because people, if they're really seriously considering buying something, they don't want to be the first person to buy it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's always kind of hard to get your first person to buy. But I mean, like what we did was we did like, hey, let us run your ads for free for a month, you know, like 200 $300 worth that we could bump out in like two or three weeks. And once we get you results, like, make us a video testimonial and then we'll get going on like a paid thing so it's um, so crazy that a lot of what y'all are doing or what you guys have done is literally like what we're doing like yeah. it's crazy like how how like we I, we've never talked about this before have we like business at all nope, we kind of nope. like this is the first time like having like a lot of it is the same stuff right um but i i like the video testimonial thing a lot i have it's kind of like the uh, like a duh but like, I never really thought about that. Yeah, no, there's a lot of like, duh things in business that like, once you hear it, you're like, why wasn't I doing that a year ago? You know? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, I don't want to get too much in your pricing too, just from my personal experience. Uh, one of the biggest things that we learned was don't poverty price yourself. Um, because not only do you make less money, but that attracts a lot lower low quality customers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and low customers that I've that I've seen with drop shipping is they have more questions, concerns, and like gripes than the people who pay higher ticket. They tend to micromanage more too. Yeah. Which is yeah, like, yeah. like I get it. I do that like, myself, cause I'm a cheap, I'm a cheap guy, I'm a cheap dude. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. No, I, it's it's like you micromanage and um, you just, it's not, it, it makes your life a lot harder when like your client is like kind of hovering over your shoulder all the time because they want to put in their input and all that versus a client that's like, yeah, you guys are the experts, you go do your thing. And that tends to be people who can pay those higher ticket packages. So mm -hmm. that was something that I'd recommend to you. I'd say another way too, uh, if you're willing to do this, it's very effective. Like if you're trying to get pretty high end clients, this has gotten us in the inboxes of pretty cool people um uh we we started doing these things are called cold video pitches shout out um our mentor jeremy uh jeremy is just a really dope dope uh marketing guy but he does these cold video pitches where you literally sit down in front of your camera um and just go over exactly what you do for that client right so you literally sit there like if i were making it for you be like What's up, Caleb? Like, my name is Ben. You have no idea who I am, but I want to show you this Facebook ad strategy or the CRM that's going to make you a ton more money. Cash is their how attention. Long, how long were they? Were like two, three minutes, four, five minutes? So usually they're like 10, around 10 minutes. Ideally, you okay. want to cut them down pretty short. Like, a lot of people value their time. So one thing we were working on, and I'm still working on, is trying to get it down probably in the six to eight minute range is where you want it. But obviously, like, you still want to, you want to give enough information where they're really hooked, but you don't want it to seem like overdo it to where they're like, all right, shit. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, um, but it's a great way. Like if you can send that to people, 
I've gotten a ton of people with thousands of followers to respond to that and get on phone calls and they're like, look, the only reason I'm giving you my time a day is because that was amazing. Like y y nobody sits down and spends like 30 minutes making you anything. And we did like five of those each every day. Like it's nothing super insane that you- And were these very like, are, were these specific to that customer? Yeah, no, it would literally like, I'd pull up their Facebook, Instagram, cause for us it was like showing them an ad strategy. So I would show them their, I'd get their Facebook, Instagram, whatever. I'd pull them, I'd be like, I'd use this as an ad and here's what I'd say. And like, here's how you do the targeting, like show them a bunch of slides. And like, really it's it's like a presentation. You're giving them a presentation. Like this is what I'm Here's how I run your ads. Yep. And, like, and oh, you, good, okay. yeah, and you can be super upfront with everything. You'd be like, yeah, we're a new company. Like we're, we're trying to make this happen, but we're, you know, like we're driven. You can like, if you say like, oh yeah, we're like really driven. We know what we have works, like act really confident. If you're sending them a video, people are gonna be like, oh yeah, like this guy is confident. This guy, I like this guy. This is the better than the guy that's copying and pasting the same, hey, do you want 10, 20, 30 more leads per week? Can you handle that? Like we would love to talk to you about how we can make that happen. Like people get those DMs all the time. If you send them a video, a, a, a really well-made video, people are gonna go nuts for it. Bad, 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 Especially real bad, bad, estate bad. agents too, right? Because a lot of real estate agents just do it on the side. How much How much uh, were y'all charging? Um, so you did the free consultation and you'll play around with like two, $300 of ad spend, right? Yeah. How much were you guys charging uh, once you acquired them? Did that just depend on the time, like for one month or for two months? And so what was that? That's something, that's something you got to figure out because here's the thing about Facebook ads is you want to charge for the results, not the, not the time. Does that make sense? Because realistically, Facebook ads shouldn't take a ton, a ton of time per client. Like you could probably knock out you know, once you get them initially set, the what we found was the initial setup was probably the longest, took us the longest time. And then mm -hmm. once after that, like once we had gotten our strategies down and everything, like just checking the Facebook ads, evaluating them, setting them back up and publishing them and then letting them run for a week, like that would take maybe like an hour or two per client. So it's like more so like, okay, if we're gonna, if we're, if we're giving you, you know, X amount of leads and that's bringing you in a potential $10,000, we expect at least, X amount of dollars. Well, here's the thing is like, cause you want a guaranteed revenue stream. You want to basically, it's kind of something you got to play around with, right? You got to figure out, okay, we can make some, like you get a client and let's say you spend $300 in ad spend for them and you make them $3,000. Well, mm -hmm. you take out the ad spend, that's 2,700. Okay. So it's probably worth it for them if they can make $1,500 profit. So I'm gonna charge them $1,200, right? $1,200 management fee, $300 ad spend, $1,500 total. You you roughly know you can make them $2,700, right? So- It's almost um, double on their dollar, on their dime. Yeah, but I mean, it's all like, I mean, there's some people who are charging like $5,000 a month and they're making their clients insane, way more amounts of money. It's just okay. how much they, 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 how much they value you, how much, well, how much they value their own time, right? And their own pricing. And, you know, you can set up revenue goals too. And, uh, that's like something big that our mentor is really big about is like, okay, if they're paying you $5,000, but then you're making them a hundred thousand, you should have something set up in your contract where if you make them a hundred thousand, they have to pay you an extra 5,000. So you're getting 10,000 in the end. Oh, so it's like literally like setting up like a, like a, what's that called? Like Incentive. a, like agents, right? Incentives, right? They brush for X amount of yards. They go to a pro bowl like yep. Justin did. They'll say, okay, have it in my contract saying if I hit this mark, 
you provide me x amount of dollars yep 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 no it is like it's it's a good way to do it um yeah i would say i would say i mean a lot of it too is like the ad spend like so for us we figured out because we were doing like we were doing at first we were doing like packages with i don't want to like say the management fee prices and stuff like that um especially because i'm not a part of the business anymore so um but we were doing like 350 dollars ad spend for our clients and we were charging pretty low um and what we realized was like yo if we have more ad spend we can get them more results which is gonna mean for them and that's one thing that's hard to like kind of portray to them it's like hey the more you spend the quicker you'll get results and the better data you'll have to where you can like like efficiently target what you want yep efficiently target what you want um and and two like once once you guys figure out the best like targeting the best way to run ads for your clients like you'll figure that out really fast and once you like once you figure that out then it's pretty much copy and paste for every single client there might be some clients that are like outliers but i mean at least in our niche when we were doing it like it was pretty like copy paste copy paste copy paste so my next so yeah so i mean really it's just you need to like figure it out but i would definitely recommend work with a larger ad spend budget because when we were doing 350 yeah it was good but for some of our clients it just wasn't enough and so if we would have done like a thousand which is what we moved to that gives you some wiggle room gotcha and and that kind of also is like a precursor right it kind of shaves off some of the the clients you're talking about earlier where it's like hey if we have this quality of client have making sure they have like a prereq of a thousand dollar ad spend budget makes it a lot more easier if if somebody has if some somebody who has three three hundred fifty dollars to spend on ad spend that could be somebody who can just throw that 350 away but a lot of times it was a lot of people who were like depending on that 350 versus a thousand a thousand is like and on top of that a management fee those are people who are like yeah we're already doing pretty well in business we could be doing better and we know this facebook ad things works here's my money like go do what you guys do because you guys are good at this kind of thing and when you got those clients, that was specifically through like the know-how or that was more so like sending those detailed videos? That one, um, kind of both. I, I, I think what you're doing in the groups is very valuable. Like become an authority figure in, your, in the groups that you're in and people will come to you as well. A lot of those ones were just from direct messages. Um, okay. More the high, higher ticket clients we were trying to, to sign were like even more ad spend and even more budget were from those cold video pitches. Gotcha. And then, so my last question was, did you see anyone who may have started, like, there's a lot of people running Facebook ads for people nowadays, right? That's like the, that's like the, the feeder school to uh, the job ship kids is like, yeah. <laughs> go run Facebook ads for someone. <laughs> and uh, I think it's good. Did you ever I think see anyone like who just started before or before you, who was started to like come to like getting like actually like hitting those deals, like, really making waves in the game or sorry can you explain that i, I don't think I'm i understand sorry. your question did you did you see anyone like who had started doing the same business as you before you make a lot of success um like before you did it is okay never mind let me let me say it. did anyone start relatively around the same time as you that has had more success than like than what you guys have had are so well, for example definitely uh is anyone that you guys know that started around the same time as you guys and you're like whoa these guys are like really doing it um 
I wouldn't say around the same time, but like, so we're, uh, Jeremy Haynes has a, a course. It's like the DMM, the digital marketing manuscript. Um, uh-huh. and we're a part of like the, the course and the group. And I mean, just daily, man, like people are like, yeah, just sign my first 4,000 a month client. Like, you know, or just, you know, like absolutely killing the game. It's, it really has to do with like your, your ambition, your drive. Like for me, I'm only sending like five of those cold video pitches out right now just to try to build it as a habit. But like some people are sending like 20 of those every day because they're just psychopaths, you know? (laughs) It depends on what you want, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I mean, it's, it's really, it all comes down to, I think probably the number one thing I can leave you with is if you're really looking to take this, um, you just need to learn that inflow equals outflow. So, um, if, or no outflow equals inflow is if you're sending out a hundred messages every single day, you're going to get people booking phone calls with you. Now, I mean, obviously the better quality, the messages, the better it is, but, um, at the end of the day, like for me, right? Yeah. 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 You got to keep, and that's one thing I think I struggled with is like sending out that, that constant outflow. But, um, if you can get that pretty much like automatic, um, I mean, think about it. If you're reaching out to people every single day, even if a small, like 10% of them are responding, that's still 10%. Mm-hmm. So 10% of if you're only sending a hundred a week versus a thousand a week makes a huge difference. hundred percent. And it's just like the hitting people up in the DMS, right? For podcasting. It's yeah, like that same. one person can have that high ROI. Yep. Exactly. Hey man, I appreciate you for having me on this. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, <laughs> thanks for the disclaimer in the beginning, man. <laughs> what disclaimer? We're like, hey man, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I like start. I should honestly start my podcast off like that because I think it's funny. Yeah, but don't say anything stupid. Like, all right, don't man, don't I say you. anything stupid. Like that's it. That's all you got. It. That's all. That's all I ask for on my podcast. I really am like. This podcast for me, like yours, seem a little bit more interview esque. Like you want to interview people. Mine, I kind of want it to be like conversation, very like Joe Rogan. And that's one thing I kind of want to get more so into, but it's like I don't think I have the uh, the the brand to just converse with people, right? I mm. think people are more apt to listen to something that provides them value first, more so because it's like usually here, like who the hell is Caleb Lovejoy? But if you say like, okay, who's the guest he's speaking with and how are they providing me value? People are more apt to listen opposed to like hearing me talk to someone. Yeah. That's my opinion on it, right? Yeah. No. And they're... who knows? Maybe I transition more so into the conversing with people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just have more fun having a conversation. I, I like did the interview thing in my first like eight podcast episodes and I stopped because I was like, it just feels forced. It's not me. I like to just dick around and talk about stupid stuff with people. Whether, you know, I think we talked about a lot of stuff that could provide you value um, yeah. in for being a listener. But I just want people to have, I want people to listen to this and like laugh and like also be like really engaged. Like, oh, cool. Like this is a way I can grow on social media or like yeah, yeah, also yeah. be like, oh, they're talking about Facebook ads. Oh, they're talking about religion. Like, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really happy with how this podcast yeah. turned out. Yeah, this, this one's going to be good. Uh I was just thinking. Actually, honestly, I think it's one of those where you can just post the whole thing raw. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's just, no. That's dope. that's how all of my podcasts are gonna be it from now on. Dope. I'm. I I don't know. I I have to edit some stuff. Like I have to edit teriyaki poppy's thing bit or uh, TikTok Cut in here. Out. I like to edit the intro a little bit, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I I don't cut out like anything. 
same. I mean, for the one that I've done, and like I said, I got to do the one today with with uh, Jay, but I think he was smoking in that one. So I'm 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 just gonna leave it all in there. I, <laughs> I like it. Like, it's you just should, like, yeah. Just put it in there. Maybe oh, yeah. the people. But uh, man, thanks for having me. I gotta have you on my podcast too in the future. I want to yeah, have you. I mean, gotta if, come. Uh, if you want to post this one too, I can send you all the raw files and stuff like that once I'm done editing them. Like you have my permission to post it on yours, or we could make a whole new one as well. Um, it's really up to you because I know you you probably don't like cussing on your podcast because it's a little bit more. I'll cuss on mine. Oh really? Okay, so hey, if you. If you want, dude, just let me know. I can send this to you. I really don't care if, about like cross posting. All I ask is that you just post it after I post mine. <laughs> no, you're good. This is this is your podcast, bro. You go ahead. Um, speaking of which, I gotta get me a. I have to get me a, a hard drive, before External? I can even because my Mac came and hold half the stuff I have. Oh really? Yeah, External hard drives are rough though. I would if you can get an SSD or like a USB C connection hard drive. Why is that? Um. So, like, if I were to put stuff on my hard drive, which is just a normal USB 3.0, once I start putting that stuff into video editing software, it starts to slow it down because instead of taking it from a hard drive directly connected to the motherboard, it has to use the USB to pull data off of the, the um, like, off the external hard drive, and it causes my stuff to crash sometimes shit okay so, so just, that makes a big deal okay but i mean do you have a USB-C connection on your mac i don't know what that is bro let me see USB-C look it up it's it's like connection. it almost might be the charger port um it's like a oh port. i have an old one shit no i don't i don't think okay I have yeah you might have a little bit of a struggle with it you can get an ssd uh hard drive they're just a little bit they're more expensive but um if you get them it it typically like it just runs a lot faster and smoother Damn. My goal is when I get uh if I go off with business or NASA, my first big purchase is gonna be uh a computer, bro. Yeah. I need a, I need a dope computer. I'm just lucky I have this computer that I built in high school that is still running really well. Oh yeah? Yeah. It's just like I mean, I probably dropped like six hundred, seven hundred bucks on this thing and it just it's a powerhouse. Honestly, I'm really surprised it still runs as well as it does because I put it through hell editing videos on this but um hey i don't want to take up too much of your time because i know you said you wanted to end like about three minutes ago but do you want to shout out anything i have your um instagram on the screen for any of the the viewers who are watching it from youtube but what do you want to shout out man uh i just want to give a shout out to you man i appreciate you having me and uh, i want to give a shout out to uh, everyone in kansas shout out uh and to the podcast uh my instagram you can follow me at c underscore lovejoy seven um and if you, anyone wants to uh possibly be on a podcast or chat it up or if anyone's looking for advice or anything like that feel free to hit me up on instagram shoot me a dm and uh again you know the pleasure is, is mine man thank you for having me on here yeah of course dude really appreciate you coming on all right guys well uh it's been podcast with caleb lovejoy and i'll see you guys next week thanks